The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... And I would like to now call the 59th Annual ACB Conference and Convention to order. Welcome, everybody. ACB President Dan Spoon opens the 59th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Welcome to ACB Reports for August 2020. The 59th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind was made even more special because it was the first virtual conference of the organization. This month, ACB Reports brings you the opening address from President Dan Spoon and ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. Most years, you would hear only from your ACB president. But this year, I think it's really important that we kind of transition to a new phase in our organization and that we recognize that the work of ACB is done not only by its wonderful membership and its countless volunteers and its wonderful committee chairs, but also by the work of its staff, led by ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. So this year, I welcome the opportunity to share the spotlight with our executive director for what I will call our state of ACB. What does ACB mean for us right now in the year 2020? It really harkens me back to our mission statement when we were founded 59 years ago. ACB, the American Council of the Blind, strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. This was true 59 years ago, and it's even more true today. We are living the spirit of our founding fathers of ACB, but I could not be prouder of what this organization has accomplished over the last year. I want to give special thanks to Kim Charlson and the previous administration and all the hard work that was put in place to lay the foundations that we are building on towards our path to the future. At the fall board meeting this year, we embraced a new philosophy inside of ACB of putting together a set of steering committees. These steering committees focused on our nine key programs and services for our organization. These are the services that we strive to work every day in order to make lives better for blind and visually impaired people. These are our annual convention, our advocacy program, our member services, where we relate to our members and our affiliates, our information referral and peer support program, led by Claire Stanley, where we're reaching out and developing peer support opportunities across our organization, to our scholarship and awards committees that have done just such an outstanding job of identifying young, deserving students, of honoring future leaders and first-timers, in recognizing those who have given so much to our organization. It's the Audio Description Project, one of the cornerstones of the American Council of the Blind, where we are known as the center of excellence when it comes to audio description. And our acb.org slash ADP website is not only nationally known, it's world-renowned. And our Public Awareness Committee, 
where we're organizing 21 different communication channels that allow us to reach out to our members and also reach out to target markets outside of our organization. We also have two support committees that support the key seven service programs of ACB. And those are our management and administration program that's so ably led by our chief financial officer, Nancy Marks Becker. And that's the team that works on our accounting, on our HR, and our back office administration, and our IT infrastructure. But they also wear the hat of managing our thrift stores, which are such an important fundraising opportunity inside of our organization. And last but not least, we have our fundraising and development program, now headed by our new development director, Tony Stevens. And there we are reaching out, developing relationships, seeking grants, developing individual donor relationships. These are our nine key programs inside of American Council of the Blind. And I'm going to speak a little bit about the first program tonight before I turn it over to Eric. And that's our annual convention, our convention committee. We had a unique opportunity this year, one that we may never deal with again. I will think of 2020 as maybe the most influential year in the first half of the 21st century. Here we are in 2020 dealing with a pandemic that came upon us very quickly. Back in the February and March timeframe, your leaders began a conversation thinking about, is there even an outside chance that maybe we not be able to have a physical convention this year in Schaumburg, Illinois? After our fall board meeting and after our leadership meeting in D.C., we started to realize that this could be a real possibility. We scheduled an emergency meeting of our ACB board of directors, and we busily went to work thinking of what could our alternatives be if we could not have a physical convention. Within three weeks, life moved so fast, there was a national emergency declared by our president in the middle of March. There was a state emergency declared by the governor of Illinois. Still, our Renaissance hotel contract was not open for discussion. When we reached out to the hotel, they were not ready to have a conversation with us about canceling the contract. But our board got together on March 30th, and unanimously, they voted to always take the health and safety of our membership first. And so, after a very lengthy discussion, we voted unanimously to cancel our physical convention in Schaumburg, Illinois. So now what do we do? The initiative of the American Council of the Blind shone through. Our five core values of integrity and honesty, respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. We immediately determined that we were going to have a 59th annual ACB conference and convention, and we were going to make it the best convention that we could possibly pull together. Our team went to work. At that point in time, we had one Zoom account which allowed 100 participants. We had heard of it, but we had never used webinar. We had an ACB radio steering committee that had pulled together a new beginning for ACB radio under the direction of our ACB managing director, Debbie Hazelton, our technical director, Jason Castanguay, our steering committee manager, Jeff Bishop, 
and a cast of steering committee volunteers led by Rick Morin, Deb Cook-Lewis, Carla Rushable, and Katie Frederick, with staff support from Eric Bridges and officer support from myself. And we envisioned a future where we could have a virtual convention. We renamed the convention. Janet had a contest. We went to work. We planned and we organized and we reached out to our volunteers, to our committee chairs, to our special interest affiliates. And we challenged everybody to see what's possible. How do we take this challenge and how do we turn it into an opportunity for the future? I'm here to report to you tonight that we have the virtual convention that the rest of the blind and visually impaired community is waiting to have. We were the leaders. We were the chief influencers. We were the organization that put our toe in the water. And we not only put our toe in the water, we jumped into the deep end. And here we are today, a virtual convention with over 1,500 registrants, with 250 hours of live content, with 108 breakout sessions on five ACB radio channels, with an audio described tour channel, with eight hours of exciting exhibits, with over 35 vendors participating, with general sessions every morning and primetime shows every evening that are live on video, streamed to Facebook and YouTube. Congratulations, ACB. You've done it. You should be so proud. I know I'm proud to be the president of this organization. You saw the challenge and you met the challenge. And we are going to have a great ACB convention, a path to the future. And now I'd like to turn it over to Eric Bridges to talk a little bit about four of our other outstanding programs inside of ACB and the contributions of the staff in those areas related to advocacy, membership services with our member and affiliates, information referral and peer support and public awareness. Eric, welcome, sir. I have gone through, much like everybody else, a really interesting last four-month period of time. A lot has happened in our family, but a ton has taken place within the organization. And uh, couldn't help but mention the two core values, collaboration and flexibility, with regard to the team that I am very honored to work with day to day. We have always shown initiative, and I believe that in order for folks to come and work here and to stay here, they have to exhibit integrity and honesty as well as be respectful of one another. The flexibility and collaboration has been put to its test over the last four months, and we have come out the other side, and we're doing well. COVID-19 presented a significant challenge to the organization and to its members. What we were able to do was utilize the technologies that we've acquired over the last several years to their fullest. Our staff was able to work remotely without most individuals even knowing that we weren't in the office because it was seamless. I'm proud, not surprised, but proud of the folks that work on my team, both here and in Minneapolis, as well as the contractors. It's been fantastic. So COVID-19 offered us a whole host of opportunities. The first is, how are we going to engage with the membership? We're not going to be able to be together for the convention. We had just finished the DC Leadership Conference when we were forced to shelter in place on March 16th. 
So what wound up happening was Cindy Hollis and I had a conversation and it was really her idea to start having a couple of community calls just to see what sort of reaction we could get. So we had two the first week. They went really well. She came back. She's like, wow, this is cool. I think this could work. Now it has grown into a monster, the best kind of monster you can imagine. The level of engagement that we're currently seeing with our members, as well as folks that have not been members that are now engaging with us, is unlike anything I've witnessed in the 13 years that I've worked here. It's been organic. The sessions have ranged from support groups for widows and widowers that a great member of ACB, Roger Dennis, has begun to lead over the last few weeks, to Let's Talk Sports with Dan and Eric. I'm kind of partial to that one, Dan to arts and crafts, as well as talking through other issues that concern our members and folks within our community. It has been amazing. We're getting upwards of a couple thousand people a week now on these calls, upwards of 50 calls a week. Uh, would like to recognize Cindy Hollis for all of her work over the last few months, but really over the last year. We welcomed her on June 10th of last year, and she's hit the ground running. Public awareness. The work that has been done by the Public Awareness Steering Committee has been tremendous. And a lot of their work, while they have a defined role within the organization, is to support the other steering committees. So whether it is, in fact, the work of membership and assisting in the creation of the ACB Facebook community. By the way, you can go and search Facebook ACB community to join our group. Within a little over five days, we had over 500 individuals that had joined, and now we're over 700. So there's something real and tangible that's happening out there. Virtually, folks are making connections. They're feeling wanted, and they're feeling engaged, which is just tremendous. As well, ACB is going to be producing a blog that will uh, take place likely just after this convention is over. Our summer intern, Anthony Corona, has been working with Tony Stevens on that, as well as Kelly Gask. Uh, the work that Kelly Gask has done over the last year with regard to social media, Facebook Live, it's been tremendous. Whether it's Global Accessibility Awareness Day or dealing with you know, the stuff that's going to be coming up regarding the ADA 30th anniversary, which we will be participating in, and everything in between. Facebook Live's dealing with guide dogs. A ton has been done. Before I move away, join our Twitter at ACB National and look for us on Facebook at the American Council of the Blind Official. Advocacy. That's the spine of the organization. It's what we're known for. It's really what we've made our mark doing. COVID-19 presented an opportunity in this area, believe it or not, and it deals with the whole issue of voting and all of the states practically wanting to move to vote by mail. This presented an opportunity for ACB and for Clark Rackville, our Director of Advocacy and Government Affairs, as well as Claire Stanley, our Advocacy and Outreach Specialist, to work with individuals within the organization to identify states where we were not likely going to be able to, as blind people, independently vote remotely. So you saw us first file a complaint with the Department of Justice regarding New York then join in a lawsuit with other disability groups in the state of New York, as well as legal action in Idaho that we supported. So there's a ton of work. And what's a little ironic about it is that we had already done some work in this area in West Virginia. 
a change in the law in West Virginia was announced in February of this year, before COVID-19, and we led that effort. A ton of work has been done in this area, and I'd like to thank publicly my team, but also our individual members in the state of New York, as well as in Idaho, for raising these issues and joining in and saying, you know, if the state is going to move to vote by mail, we need to find a way to be able to vote and have a private and secure ballot as well. Finally, I think I'd like to talk for just a minute about partnerships. COVID-19 provided us a unique opportunity to deepen a relationship with a company that many of you are aware of, Be My Eyes. For several years, Be My Eyes has been providing a a very useful service to the blind and visually impaired community uh, through an app, being able to utilize the camera and their literally tens of thousands of volunteers to assist blind people in finding or identifying objects, assisting them with navigation. COVID-19 allowed for the two organizations, ACB and Be My Eyes, to talk through what this relationship might look like. And I'm very pleased to say this evening that we are on the Be My Eyes platform, and we have been since late April. We are available to take calls Monday through Friday, uh, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. Please give us a call. It's being staffed currently by four ACB staff members during that three-hour period, and it's likely that we will extend those hours here in the future. Lastly, the newest relationship that we've created is with Procter & Gamble, and this is really neat from my perspective. COVID-19, again, played a role here. We were able to do some outreach with them regarding the challenges that the blind and visually impaired community has been having in purchasing products, uh, be it hand sanitizer, toilet paper, paper towels, other things, having them delivered, having them constantly be out of stock, having to go to the store, uh, not wanting to go to the store to pick all this stuff up. Clark Rackfall and Tony Stevens actually have led this initiative, and Procter & Gamble has agreed quite loudly that this is an issue, that blind and visually impaired people need these sorts of things during these times, and they need to have them at the ready. So we, ACB, have worked with six NIB agencies around the country to pack these items as well as deliver these items to the impacted populations within their communities. Orlando, New York, Seattle, San Francisco, New Orleans, and Cincinnati. These are areas where NIB agencies have expressed a great interest in helping to get these products out to the blind community. We can't thank NIB and these agencies enough. And we are very pleased that Procter & Gamble has really stepped up and really wants to engage our community. This is a relationship that is new, but that has a ton of possibility. And they're interested in working with us in other areas as well. COVID-19 has provided us with a whole set of opportunities. We've been, I think, equal to the task in looking at those opportunities, uh, taking lemons and making them into lemonade. I can't say how proud I am of our members, the level of engagement, uh, the amount of phone calls that we get from folks that are just happy to be part of this organization. I feel like we have turned a corner in what the future can bring to the American Council of the Blind. 
and want you to go along with us. It's going to be a wild ride. It's been a fun ride so far. There's going to be a lot more fun to have in the future. Please come with us as we journey down this path to the future. Thank you, Eric, for that wonderful update. And thanks to all the ACB staff for all their tremendous hard work. Next, I want to share with you a wonderful advancement that's happened with our scholarship committee. This year, for the first time, we have partnered with the American Foundation for the Blind. The American Foundation for the Blind had funded a number of scholarships each year. They were willing to take the scholarship money and provide it to ACB in collaboration with our ACB scholarships. We have to live up to the spirit of the scholarships from both organizations. But from this day forward, the American Council of the Blind will be in charge of shepherding the scholarship fund for the American Foundation for the Blind. What this partnership has done is allowed us to increase our scholarship funding to well over $80,000 and provide scholarships to 21 deserving students each year. So thank you, AFB, for a wonderful partnership And thank you to the scholarship committee for all their hard work in selecting such qualified, interesting individual advocates to be our scholarship winners for 2020. Our organization is in good hands. The future is strong. And with the leaders I saw in our scholarship class of 2020, I know we are on a strong path to the future. When it comes to our audio description project, I would like to acknowledge several key things that have happened with audio description this year. First, I'd like to give a shout out to Fred Brack, our webmaster for our ADP website, acb.org ADP, where you can see the most comprehensive listing of audio described programs in the world. Fred has compiled a list of over 4,300 audio-described titles that are available in one directory. These are all the offerings from Netflix, from Amazon, from Apple iTunes, from Apple Plus, from Disney Plus, from all the streaming services as well as the cable and broadcast channels, as well as DVDs. It's all compilated in one website. And what's so exciting about acb.org slash ADP is it's the most visited page on our website. And 61% of the folks that visit that particular page on our website are between the ages of 18 and 34. We are attracting the next generation of blind and visually impaired people from our work here at the American Council of the Blind. Thank you to the ADP project for all their hard work and the collaboration we had with Disney Plus and Apple Plus, which both launched their services with all their original content, audio described. Apple Plus now has over 30 offerings, and I believe Disney Plus just passed 600 offerings with audio description. These relationships, these partnerships, did not require any legal action or structured negotiations. These were partners who want to be good corporate citizens and do the right thing for our community. We should always keep that in mind, the opportunity to build partnerships. I'd like to talk about our finances a little bit. As you know, one of the key 
building blocks for our revenue inside of the American Council of Blind are our thrift stores. With COVID-19, we had to close our thrift stores at the end of March and through all of April. We were able to open back up in May and June, but there was a significant financial disruption because of the closing of the thrift stores. Very quickly, our new development director, Tony Stevens, working with our chief financial officer, Nancy Marks Becker, put together and did the research over a weekend to understand what it would take for us to enroll in the payroll protection program. This federal loan program offered not only for-profit small businesses, but also nonprofits to apply for these small business loans in order to help us through the hard times. We applied for those loans and received $200,000 in loan money. We were able to keep our employees on at the thrift stores. As Eric spoke earlier, we were able to keep our employees at both offices in Alexandria and Minneapolis fully functional in providing services for our organization. I want to give a special shout out thanks to Tony and Nancy for their quick and decisive action. Because of how we have treated our employees, all 200000 of that money will become a grant and not a loan, helping us to recover from financial hardship this year. Also, our board has taken the prudent and judicious steps by putting together a strong investment portfolio. We are still solvent. We are still strong. And we are still in financially good shape. And that's because of the hard work of your board of directors, your staff, your CFO, and your development director. When I look at the year 2020, many people think, oh my God, what a challenging year. This has got to be unprecedented. A virus, racial unrest, the murder of George Floyd. Where are we going to go from here? How do we move forward? I believe that this organization has the initiative, the flexibility, the collaboration, the respect, the honesty, the integrity to move forward like we've never moved forward before. What's unique about the year 2020 is we have everybody's attention. Have you noticed it? People are paying attention to civil rights. People are paying attention to inequities in the world. Corporations legislators, your neighbors down the street, they're all thinking differently. They're thinking inclusive. I'm so proud of the statement of solidarity we created inside of our organization. I'm proud of the conversation we had over the proper use of pronouns with those in our community of sexual orientation and inclusion. We have done this. We are going to move forward. We are going to take this challenge and turn it into the most impressive opportunity in the 21st century. I believe now is the time to get accessible healthcare equipment for all Americans. Now is the time to have a digital presence that's universally inclusive for all. Now is the time for all Americans to have an equal access to the ballot box and accessible voting. Now is the time for us to experience inclusion in all forms of social media, whether it be audio description or just the ability to go to a restaurant and have an accessible menu. 
We are going to get there because, folks, everybody's listening. We have to seize this opportunity and make the difference that we can for our organization. I thank you for all your hard work. We have become the chief influencer of the blind and visually impaired community. We were willing to go where others were afraid to tread. And we are blazing the path to the future. Thank you. And the state of the American Council of the Blind is strong. We appreciate all that you do. You've been listening to the opening address from ACB President Dan Spoon during the 59th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. You can hear it in its entirety on the Convention Archive page at acbradio.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. ¶¶